You're listening to the Passion Daily Podcast, part of the Passion Podcast Network. What do you say to that? How do you comfort someone like that? When, when, when this goal in my life, this beautiful thing becomes painful, I'm, I'm set apart by God and it's made me suffer? I've been made holy and it hurts? How do you make sense of that? It, it's interesting, Peter is gonna write this letter to a group of people who are going through that, people who had put their faith in Jesus and something was costing them. It was costing them socially, costing them financially, it was risking their lives and they're disoriented by it. Wait, I thought this was supposed to be good news. And here Peter's writing to them. And let me just say this, as we're looking at this book, Peter's the best person to write to him. Because he knew the fear of being rejected and he knew the pressure socially. I mean, you saw it when he was walking with Jesus as an apostle. He told Jesus on the night Jesus was to be betrayed, Jesus said, hey, they're gonna come arrest me. You guys are gonna scatter. And Peter was like, not me, Jesus. I'll die for you. And Jesus is like, now, now you're gonna deny me three times before the rooster crows. And sure enough, when Jesus is arrested, He's hauled off into a court and you see Peter follows from a distance and suddenly he sees his entire social sphere mock his Messiah. And in that environment, a little girl comes up to him and says, hey, aren't you with him? Huh? Me? No, no, I don't know him. Sure. I thought I saw you with him. No, 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 no. I don't know him. No, I think you kind of sound like him. No, I'm not one of those people. And then the text says he started to curse again just to show him he's not one of those religious folks. And then not only did the rooster crow, the gospels tell us Jesus looked at Peter and Peter ran and he cried. He knew what it was to face rejection. And yet the Peter we read here, did you notice? He says, blessed be God. He's talking about joy, talking about rejoicing. You don't see a Peter buried in shame. I made the biggest mistake of my life. I rejected the Messiah. He was murdered and I'm a loser. He doesn't do that. The shame doesn't bury him. You see a Peter now that's confident and buoyant and joyful. He made it out the other side. And so here he looks at a people who suffers and we got the ideal guy to give them perspective on their pain. How do you navigate suffering for your allegiance to the Savior. Now, let me say this before I jump in. I know this is very specific. Some of you are like, I'm not being persecuted for my faith. I don't even believe any of this. Well, even if you don't, they've been a tough few years, have they not? All of us have been beat up a little bit. And I just want you to watch how Peter comforts the hurting because it just might comfort you too. So he tells them multiple times to rejoice, be joyful, praise God, even in the midst of their pain, the rejection they're feeling. And we're going to find three reasons why you would do that. And the first one I love is he lets them know right in the greeting, those first two verses, that your pain, your suffering, it didn't dislocate you. You're not suddenly lost on God's radar. Your pain is part of God's plan. There's a plan out there. And you see it even in the intro. He calls himself Peter. Now, his mama named him Simon. Jesus gave him the nickname Peter right? Uh, which means rock. Simon the Rock Johnson, right? Uh, but Jesus said it in Aramaic, which was the language they spoke in Israel. In Aramaic, rock is kepha or uh, Cephas. Uh, when you translate it into Greek, which is the language of the broader culture, all the non-Jews out there in the world, uh, it was Petros or Peter, right? 
And so it's interesting that Peter here is writing to Gentiles, people who didn't have roots in the, in the biblical story that have suddenly come to faith in Jesus. He says, I'm Peter, and he chooses the name God gave me. Jesus called me this, and that's my identity. But then he uses the Greek translation of it to show I'm a rock, that's my identity, and I'm here for you. And what he did in my life, he wants to do to you. I'm making this accessible in your own language because I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ. That word apostle means official emissary. I was a witness to Jesus' life and his sufferings, and I understand their significance and have been sent by him to articulate them. So if you feel lost and dislocated because your pain, hey, he sent me you. God sees you. You're on heaven's radar. He sent the rock, the apostle, to speak to you. But then he spends more time even talking about who they are. He says, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. God's chosen people living as strangers and scattered. He does something interesting here that you may not pick up on right away. He, he takes three names that were historic names of God's people in the Old Testament, and he ties it to this crowd. And what he's letting them know is your pain can make you feel dislocated, disoriented, where am I? What is going on? Did God forget me? Why am I going through this? He sent me to DC. Why am I here? You can feel dislocated in the world. And he's letting you know, no, you're a part of something bigger. You're a part of a grand story. You are the elect. It's interesting. Well, before I get into that, let me say this. He, he, he's already pastoring them in the greeting. And, and what I love about that is he gives them some orientation. Now, I do this with my kids when we walk on that national mall. And ultimately, I'll look at him and say, hey, where are we? And they're like, I don't know. And I'll go, quick, where's the Washington Monument? There. Where's the Capitol? There. Where's the White House? There. Okay, where are you? Oh, I'm here. And I do that to help orient them based on these other things. Now I know where I am. And Peter looks at them and says, hey, your pain is disorienting. Suddenly you're taking shots and you're wondering, does God care? Does anyone care? Where am I? And he says, hey, let me orient you by your God, by broader society, and by the people of faith, both in history and even today. And he gives them these waypoints to orient them. And he says, you're elect. God chose you. Now, I understand there's some controversy around that name, that, that God chooses people. How do you understand that? And the, the answer is, yes, God chooses people all the time. You see Abraham in the Old Testament, he's worshiping little wooden gods. And, and the text says that God, God chose him out of the people uh, that he was with, moved him to the promised land and said, hey, I'm choosing you on purpose, for a purpose, that you would be my blessing to the nations. He chose the nation of Israel. He said, hey, you're gonna be my treasured possession for the sake of the nations. God does that. He selects people for his glory and for his purposes. He does that all the time. Some people turn that into a fight how does that work? You're saying God chooses people who to rescue? Well, what about people's responsibility to make their own decisions? Well, it, this is not a thing, and it's sad because whenever you talk about being chosen or elect, for many people, that just becomes a philosophical argument when really, biblically, it's always presented as a comfort. And so you gotta think about people here who they're rejected by their society, they lost their inheritance, they're being persecuted, and he says, hey, the world may have rejected you, but God chose you. God cares about you. God came for you. He selected you. It's like getting engaged. Somebody hit the knee and said, I want a relationship with you. It's meant to be a comfort to them. Thanks for listening to the Passion Daily Podcast. And don't forget to rate and review our podcast wherever you stream it. You can also subscribe to the Passion City Church and Passion City Church DC podcasts for our full messages every Monday.